When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Money in the Bank 2021, this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I am Glenn Rubenstein. Tonight, joined by Alfred Kanawa, my regular Tuesday and Friday co-host, and Justin Labar, we're back together again, reunited, and it feels so good to talk about Money in the Bank happening tonight from Fort Worth, Texas. We had a big surprise as we went off the air. Well, not a surprise if you've followed anything or just ever even imagined, hmm, what could they have in store for SummerSlam? But a surprise uh, to the audience nonetheless who lost their damn minds. We've got a new Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank. And uh, yeah, Alfred, overall, what'd you think of the show tonight? Love the show. Uh, best show of the year so far. I thought a lot of black history that I absolutely loved. If this show That's was right. a currency, if Money in the Bank was a currency, it'd be the Harriet Tubman $20 bill because there was a lot of black history and black excellence on the show, and I absolutely loved it. And apart from that, just a lot of big-time wrestling, which I just absolutely thought was phenomenal. I don't have very many complaints for this, and I'm on a huge high after watching this show because I think WWE, uh, they have not blinked yet in terms of these fans coming back and rewarding them. Uh, we haven't seen any incidents of them doing any booking decisions where they would turn on it. So I just thought this was a home run all the way around. You have to forgive me. I'm having a hard time hearing you guys. My ears are still ringing from a lot of loud pops tonight. <laughs> That's right. A sold-out arena, and they made some noise. WWE gave them a reason to make noise. This was a really fun show. This, uh, I think the way that it started and ended, WWE, in large account here, they did exactly what they Exactly what the expectation was here is that, you know, the Money in the Bank, it's already one of the best shows they do anyways because of the format. Uh, a lot of characters are right there on that cusp of just breaking out. You know, we've talked about it for these last months about, you know, who's going to who's going to explode and, and the crowd's going to react to. We certainly got some fun experiments tonight of who the crowd reacts to. Uh, and and, and they, they, they obviously tied it all together with a big return. So this was this was a, a this was a lot. There's a lot more good to talk about tonight than there is bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was a very exciting show. I think uh, there was a lot to like. Great video packages, great production and presentation, the energy level from start to finish. It didn't feel like any match was really a cool down tonight. It was just foot on the gas nonstop. Uh, Brett Murphy, $5, saying, incredible show, but what the hell is up with Cena's hair? Paging John Cena's bald spot, haha. Um, King Rail. $5 saying best pay-per-view in a while. Good evening, gentlemen. Feels like they were really catering to us fans tonight. Also watch the TNA pay-per-view. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. TNA last night was dominating wrestling Twitter. Yeah, it's good. Slammiversary always does well on wrestling Twitter. And I heard it was a very good show. No, absolutely. Tyrone Dawkins, $5. I stopped watching for three months. If what I've seen tonight keeps up, I'm back. Great experience. That's the challenge. That's the challenge is how yeah. long can they uh, keep this up? Keep this going. Yeah, I mean, I was going to put it, they haven't blinked yet because there is an expectation and a lot of people are like rubbing their hands together. Oh, I can't wait till these fans come back to show WWE what they really think. But WWE has stepped its game up and they haven't given them a chance to turn on the product. So if they just do right by this product, it's number one and nobody's close. Yeah, you know, we've talked about for months now, ever since we knew Money in the Bank was going to be back in front of fans. And from this point on, they're back on the road. We're done with Thunderdome. The, the pandemic for the WWE, at least, era is over with. You know, we, I had been saying it was going to make all these shows leading up to this point just the longest shows possible because you, you knew WWE and booking were going to, like, hold a lot of things in reserve. Well, no use trying that out if we now have a date that's four weeks out that we're back in front of crowds. So now, yeah, let's see how long the honeymoon period is. Let's see how long they can keep their foot on the gas. Let's see how long... You know, tonight felt like a very – tonight did not feel like traditional WWE booking in all sense. It felt like they were ready to take some chances, whether it be 
black history relevance or whether it just be certain pacing things, whether it be letting the commentators say the name of the referee. I know that sounds trivial, but that is a thing that WWE has not allowed their broadcasters to say in years. There were so many things tonight that felt like WWE was willing to take some chances or at least throw out a rule book or bring back some new rules. Let's see how long they're willing to have that uh, that that you know that carefree kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh Best in the Smokers World, $5. Alfred, you're the man. Off topic, I'm a Bulls fan, and while I'm not rooting for the Bucks, I'm happy for Bobby Portis. We miss him here in Chicago. As you should. Bobby Portis is the man. I'm going to get a Bobby Portis jersey. He's just he's such an energy guy. And, uh, you know, he, he the way Bobby Portis gets a crowd going in Milwaukee reminded me of how this crowd was hot tonight at Money in the Bank. So this is a Bobby Portis-like crowd. Jim Viviano, 499. Who's the Fiend SummerSlam opponent? P.S. Justin Ryan Fitzpatrick still sucks. Ha ha. We're going to win our division again. <laughs> Ralph the Ace, 999. Solid show tonight. Already pumped for SummerSlam. And that's saying something. Cheers, guys. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Might as well, we might as well, you know, go dessert first and talk about how we went off the air. Uh, Christian James called her own $5 away and Cole Matt and McAfee popped when Cena returned was memorable. That's the thing. Cena didn't even have to come out and cut a promo tonight. He didn't even do a stare down with Roman. Roman was just like, the world's going to acknowledge me. And Cena was just like, boom, use a kit out there. Look to the camera. Said something, you know, it's been too long. Good to be back. Came out and uh, yeah, just grandstanded. And uh, I mean, the crowd just, it's amazing to see that end. Yeah. And this would be a golden opportunity, but I really hope WWE has some kind of exclusive as to what happened after the run off the air. Uh, even if it is just a stare down or whatnot, there should be some footage of what happened after the air because that's a couple million views on YouTube easily. Yeah, this was the the best of all worlds in my view. This is a great way to go off the air hot. Uh, you get the Cena appearance, but you don't waste him saying a word on the microphone. So now you got the Cena appearance, which makes your pay-per-view, which makes all those people paying that wonderful Peacock uh, subscription get their money's worth, so to speak, uh, and having a Cena appearance and having, okay, we're back. But by Cena not saying anything, you have a great hook for to tune in Friday. Is uh, Let's hear what he's going to say. You know, let, let, Let's hear what it is. And, of course, now you can advertise it's going to be there Friday. It's, it's, yeah, that's going to do probably one of the best numbers, if not the best number, uh, since they've moved to, to Fridays on Fox, uh, definitely since the, in the, you know, the last year. And I mean the the story here, guys, the the presumed story. John Cena. We have not seen John Cena since he was in a Firefly Funhouse match. So obviously, you know, I mean, think about that, folks. We have not seen. And then prior to that, when did we see him? The year prior at Mania with Elias when he when he came out in the Babe Ruth jersey. And he, I mean, like it has been so long since Cena has really got to be in his element to perform in front of a live crowd. So think about the presumed uh, angle here. Yeah. Roman Reigns on top as champion. John Cena, what is he doing? He's going after that record. He's going after that world title record. This this could be it right here. So this is, I mean, this is great stuff. And I want to know, how did he escape the Firefly Funhouse? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, a little storyline continuity there. Maybe, the, maybe we get hey. an explanation. I guess he blows it off if he does mention it. He'll probably say some joke about it, but uh, I don't think we're getting a follow-up to that. Or, I've been dreaming for this, Alfred. You know, we talk about this every week. I think... Bray Wyatt through the fiend should be possessing John Cena, so John should be back doing Bray Wyatt now that he's possessed. <laughs> there you go. And then when Cena leaves, he can hop to another wrestler like the First Power, one of the greatest thrillers of all time. See, if somebody wants the fans to turn on the product, they might. <laughs> that would be the night. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it'd be great for ironic reasons, but. <laughs> I think it would work, man. I think it'd be solid. Uh, if, they, if, they, just... if they were going to move SmackDown to Sci-Fi or something again, maybe we'd have yeah. uh, a reason. But well, NXT's going to Sci-Fi soon. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Hey, Alexa Bliss has magic, so don't act like this is out of the realm of possibility. Okay? She stood like she was going to summon the briefcase. Yeah. Like she was going to levitate or just bring it down to her. You know, like most importantly, it got over. It got. Over. We'll yeah. talk about it. It got over. Stellar Justin Lopez, four ninety nine. Best Money in the Bank main event since Punk versus Cena in twenty eleven. Yeah. So many layers, so much drama that makes sense for both stories. Completely agreed. Uh, Justin Lopez always has great takes, uh, except when he's picking against the Bucks. But the great pick there, great take. Uh, I do think this is a fantastic uh, main event. I'll have to go back and look to see when the last great main event in terms of Money in the Bank. But I think he's right on with that twenty eleven Punk Cena as the gold standard, and this lived up near those expectations. Yeah, um, Nicholas. 499, I was hoping the Fiend attacked Bobby. I really don't want Lashley versus Goldberg, Fiend or Brock. If it isn't Goldberg, that will be the only loss on the pay-per-view. 
Oh, if it Goldberg, that would be the only loss on the pay per view. I don't get that quite that last bit. I think he's saying that if in, if it ends up being Goldberg versus last oh. SummerSlam, that'll be like the that you know. I guess that'll be like the the, the bad choice by them. Yeah, John Cena's bald spot. $2 that pop for Cena though looking forward to Smackdown tomorrow they're gonna replay the heck out of that tonight uh but yeah I think Friday save it for Friday I don't know I I don't know if they're gonna I think on WWE social they're gonna obviously play up Cena Friday Cena Friday Cena Friday's back but I mean keep in mind Glenn Raw Raw being on USA and we know there's been that there's a little bit of, bit of been some bickering between the fact that Raw's on USA oh, yeah. and I don't know how much on on USA tomorrow they're going to be running Cena's back tune in Friday to Fox to see him That's true. cuz again now you have Roman Reigns who's your who's your top draw John Cena who's you know your 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 biggest active star you know who are semi active uh and they're all on Friday so, so I mean there's going to be big names I'm sure tomorrow on Raw but I don't know how much we're going to see John Cena being pushed tomorrow on Raw just simply out of not pissing off USA. Well, that, that's a good point. Yeah. I will say because it's John Cena, I think USA Network is going to make some concessions in terms of what's good for the part is good for the whole. Like you've got an A-list legit Hollywood star coming back to your product. I don't think they're going to mind as much if they promote John Cena being back, knowing that it's going to rise all boats. I do see there has been some consternation between these two networks, but I just think uh, Fox doesn't like, uh, NBC doesn't like just Fox being promoted in general with no reason, but I think yeah. they're going to be fine with them saying John Cena's coming back because it'll bring viewers to the whole product. Well, and tomorrow, so let's talk about who we didn't get tonight. We didn't get Goldberg, who's rumored to have a match at SummerSlam. We didn't get Becky Lynch, who I believe was in the building. Yeah. I have to think Becky shows up tomorrow to confront Charlotte. That could happen. Maybe. I mean, you got to space. And that was the thing. When, when we didn't see Becky, when we didn't see Afeem, when we didn't see Goldberg, when we got to that last match, I remember thinking to myself, okay, like I don't really think Edge is going to win this. And, and I thought the Seth no. promo prior to that kind of kind of was too much of a foreshadowing. But yeah. it's like, okay, even if, even if we have a great match here, they still need to end on something big. And that's when I thought, okay, we haven't burned any other su- surprise returns. This would be the one for Cena. You know, still great that we got it. So you figure tomorrow, if you get a Goldberg, you know, do you, do you spread these returns out? Do you do you need a a Goldberg and a Becky? Do you need a Brock right. and a Becky? Like, so I, I don't know necessarily. I think I think we'll get one kind of each show right now. Again, to kind of help you know spread the love out and get them between now and the SummerSlam. If we're looking at the Big Four, even Big Five, let's say Lesnar, Goldberg, Becky Lynch, uh, the Fiend. Uh, they should not all debut on the same show. Neither of those two should yeah. debut. So if we get a John Cena return, there should be no other big returns on that show. The next is Goldberg. I'm guessing Goldberg will turn tomorrow. I want to see Becky on that show too. Yeah. You know, I want to see this, like Justin said, spread out to where we have all these white whales. Spread this out. Do not burn this audience out on returns. Uh, Peter Bahi, $5. So happy crowds are back. Why didn't Slammiversary have a big crowd, especially for a pay-per-view? Well, I, I think the, the location they're in, they only could have so much, right? I don't think that's. They're still yeah. in Tennessee. They're still in Tennessee, right? Oh, got it. Uh, Mike, two dollars. A decisive win by Lashley over Goldberg is great. No, I agree, and that's the thing. People are like really upset that Goldberg's coming back. I think the fear would be justified if there was a threat that Goldberg's going to come in and run through these people. But in terms of WWE using these big stars from the past, this is how it should be done. You bring in Goldberg, and Lashley beats him, and now one of your full-time guys gets that much more cachet. So I have no problem with Goldberg coming back if the idea is that Bobby Lashley, who looked like a monster tonight and was booked exactly like he should be, if he does that to Goldberg, I have no problem with that. That's why I'm not complaining about this Goldberg return. Well, and I'll take it a step further. If I mean, yeah, that that's fine, and that'll be great. I mean, Lashley's having a great run. But if they if they if they have determined they be in the you know the office, if they've determined that okay, we've this Lashley title runs going as long as we want, we don't have oh. any other real challenges for him. Then yeah, let him go against Goldberg. I don't want it to be a ninety eight Goldberg squash. But if Goldberg is going to win that, the best thing you can do then is have a big E cash in. Yeah. Is then, is, again, so that way the Goldberg Hall of Fame rub is getting off on somebody. It's getting off on a Big E. Sure. That Big E came in and, and, and beat Goldberg because you know the crowd. Because let's be let's be honest here, the crowd might pop for Goldberg tomorrow again because we're in this kind of like again honeymoon phase and returns. But all in all, they're they're gonna shit on Goldberg overall. It's gonna it's especially the Vegas crowd is gonna shit on Goldberg. So a Big E cashing in. Uh, I mean, the only thing that could have been better is if Riddle won the, won the briefcase and Riddle cashes in on Goldberg. But that, oh. that's- <laughs> oh, man. Goldberg's not going for that, brother. He's not going for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tyrone Dawkins, $5, saying, has Flair become Triple H? Assume mean Charlotte. Charlotte Flair? Sure, why not? No, you know, Triple H is this generation. He's polarizing, but he's a Hall of Famer, just like Charlotte. Yeah. Um, 
Andrew Ung, 499. What's the chance of Vince calling up Taker as one of the surprise returns? That would be uh, like say. record time for a fake retirement to coming back. Uh, I don't the think that's th- happening. I don't see any spot for Taker. The only thing I could see for Taker now or at Mania, if if, if he truly felt like he was not done and they wanted to, hmm. I like the only thing that I think the only thing that's been missed is like, like I, I still think there's something there with he and, and the Fiend. There's just so much, yeah. but but yeah. I, but but I but and that's a very long shot. I think I think it, it kind of feels like Taker's kind of like the way he's done the media and everything. I think he's kind of like accepted that he's done. Yeah. Um. Antoine Fair, two dollars. Bobby Lashley with the Who's Next tweet. So there you go. Yeah, Bobby, talk to him, yeah. Bobby. Okay, so we're going to get into this. We're going to go match by match. We're going to talk about it all. But hey, want to thank the sponsor of tonight's episode, which is Magic Spoon. Oh my God, I love cereal when I was a kid. I love the commercials. I love the cartoons. I love just sitting there with a big bowl. And then I got older and I realized this is terrible. This is sugar. This is awful for me. It is not healthy. Uh, But Magic Spoon is revolutionizing the cereal game, especially now that we're all trying to eat better. But hey, healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon has those amazing flavors you love. All that nostalgia, all that fun, but without all the bad stuff. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein per serving, and only four net grams of carbs, only 140 calories per serving. It is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. And you can build your own box or get a variety flavor with uh, cocoa, fruity, frosted. Uh, Check this out. You can build your own box. Justin, I know I sent you some Magic Spoon a while ago. You really like the fruity, but you were telling me you're having the same problem that happens in our house. Magic Spoon shows up, and the wife just eats it all, even before you get a chance to get to it. <laughs> no, it's it, no, it's great. Well, the fact that it's gluten free. My wife was 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 born. Uh, it was, our house is gluten free uh, all the time. She has with celiac disease, so we're all all gluten free. And so uh, having a cereal like this, especially the fruity flavor, that plus uh, you know, right? Like, I mean, the low on the carbs, and it, it's just it's healthy and it's good. It's not. I don't have to grin and bear. I look forward to breakfast, and I'm a person that's not wasn't always a breakfast person, but since January, been trying to do some good dieting in the house. Here, I'm down 23 pounds. Magic Spoon certainly part of that uh, of that regimen of, of still getting the day going right, but doing it healthy and tastefully. So, uh, yeah, Magic Spoon, I absolutely try it. Magicspoon.com/slash/winc. You will like it. So good. I know someone who's lost 30 pounds since the start of the year. Magic Spoon's become their cheat food, and it doesn't even feel like they're cheating because it's so good for you. So you can see here, when you build your own box, you can get fruity, peanut butter, cocoa, cinnamon, frosted, blueberry, banana, or strawberry. And these are based off the classic flavors. Frosted tastes like frosted flakes. Cocoa tastes like cocoa puffs. Fruity tastes like Fruit Loops. You got to check it out. You got to give it a try. And what I like is every time we eat it in our house, we like to go on YouTube and watch a classic cereal commercial. My favorite, uh, and the wife loving the frosted, love those Tony the Tiger commercials where the the you know the kids like a bobsledder or a gymnast or he's riding horseback and the mean kids come and are like you know you can't ride and he's like oh you know Tony the Tiger gives him a pep talk he's like racing the guys he's gurring you know because apparently you do that it puts the tiger in you and at the end he throws up his hands in victory and I love that they're all the same and every time my wife eats frosted I just sit there and make gurring noises while she's doing it and we watch these commercials you can relive that. You can watch cartoons, new or old. I'm telling you, it's great. You're going to relive all your childhood favorites of eating cereal. You're going to feel great. It's good for you. Uh, Much, much healthier than the other crap that's out there. And uh, we've got a special deal. Go to magicspoon.com slash W-I-N-C. Grab your delicious cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code W-I-N-C at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash W-I-N-C. And use that code W-I-N-C to save $5 off. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Jackson Callens. 499 saying great few weeks of wrestling and Justin just getting slammed by a monster. All in all, much love, you crazy kids. Thanks, Jax. I saw that, Justin. Uh, uh, Big Cass slamming you. He's a bully. Everybody gets <laughs> lucky once. Let's see him try that again on Justin. You, you won't try that again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and before we jump into this, Jim Viviano, Buck 99. So, wait, really? Who's the rumored Fiend SummerSlam match? That's a good question. Are you going to be back? Like, I've heard it's been radio silence, and I'm looking forward to it. Will it even be The Fiend? I mean, Bray Wyatt kind of teased it. It's going to be something different. The last time we saw him on the Firefly Funhouse where he said he'd be back, so maybe he's got a new creation. But uh, I don't know what's going on with The Fiend, to be honest. 
I mean, the last time we saw him was Mania, and and from what we understand, that was even kind of an audible call the day of of what they decided to do, and I and like he seems to be. It's not like there's a he seems to be well liked. It's not like I, I don't know what the deal is. He's not. I don't think he's hurt. Like I, it's just this is just bizarre. Yeah. Two quick ones. Antoine Fair, $5, saying, Cena cut a promo off the air. Haven't seen anything with Roman, so I'm sure uh, that'll be hitting. Stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. And uh, TJ Gregory, 499, saying, awesome show tonight. Glad the fans are back, but what the heck was up with the Peacock app tonight? I thought my internet was tripping. Yeah. I mean, hey, it is what it is, man. But uh, I tried it on every device, and it was not not working. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but the major issues for me started around the entrances for the men's money in the bank. Yeah. And shortly into that match, they stopped. But that, uh, I think the only bad part of the, about the show was something that WWE maybe didn't have as much control over were those streaming issues because Peacock quickly became a worldwide trend. Uh, a lot of people were tweeting about it. And yes, there were definitely issues with blinking and Peacock and WWE itself even addressed these issues by saying we've resolved, or no, they said Peacock has resolved. They threw Peacock in the bus said they've resolved their issues. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a temporary thing that was unfortunate. Yeah, it was right. It was right before they started the entrances for the men's money in the bank, and they were in the gorilla position. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, and as everybody, and like I, I thought I would have the most because I, I have Xfinity cable. I still actually have cable. Me too. And so, by, and so by having that, I can just speak into the remote and just say mm. Peacock. I get it. So I'm like, all right, if mine's failing, I'm not. It's not like I'm on a, a Roku or something else. Like I am, I'm, you know, wired in here to Xfinity, and everybody, everybody in the United States seems like they had a problem. If it's like there was everybody was subject to it, whether you were on a laptop or whatever you're on man i mean it was like you know it was like trying to watch porn in the 90s on the black box or something like it was just just maybe this is more frustrating i don't even know thank yeah. god the, thank god the entrances were 10 minutes long we didn't hey, at least that was just that. scrambled and it didn't you know stutter at least right like well, that would just, yeah. just kind of look away. it's like it's, uh, like it's like having a blue true boner and having a seizure at the same time trying to watch as they're just flickering things <laughs> Tina Miller, $5, sending love to my favorite boys a wink. Alfred, I hope we'll get that Brock return one day. We've been trying to tweet into existence. Ha ha. Yeah, yeah. One of these days he'll be back, and I hope he keeps his hair because, I mean, he just oh he yeah, yeah. anything off. And I just, I want to see Brock Lesnar back with long hair. But I will say about those, I think the most frustrating part about those issues were that it was during those entrances because I was very interested to see who's going to get the biggest reaction of all these men and money in the bank. And I have no idea. Yeah, no idea. Who got these reactions? And uh, King Rail, $5, thought I heard everything at 38. The way Glenn eats cereal actually scares me. If you think about it, childhood cereal was kind of crazy, right? Because you had like the Tricks Rabbit. You had some people that were just like fiending, no pun intended, for cereal. You had others like Lucky Charms, like they're trying to protect it and hide it like it was precious gold. I mean, it's very strange, the relationship we had with uh, childhood cereals and the way they were marketed to us. But that is a separate subject that we could just spend an entire episode talking about tonight. Instead, let's talk about the pre-show where the SmackDown tag team title were on the line the usos versus Rey mysterio and dominic mysterio father and son versus brothers the mysterios traveled through a portal through time and space to make their way to the ring tonight um heck of a match to start the show off as predicted the usos got the win the bloodline has got all the gold justin what did you think of this match no, real fun match. I mean, yeah, it's on the pre-show, but it's it's there and it's it's got a story behind it. But it's there also to get the crowd moving, and uh, it, I think it did that. And then, and then obviously it comes back and uh, has a factor in the main event. So yeah, this was again kind of WWE tied everything together tonight. Alfred. Yeah, I thought it was a good match, a good opener. Uh, I love the kind of WrestleMania feel to the Mysterio's entrance. Uh, kind of a surprising finish and how quickly it was, uh, very reminiscent of what we saw on SmackDown, but this was the right call. I was kind of hoping, well, I mean, based on the fact that it ended with Cena, I'm not going to complain at all, but I was hoping we'd get the visual of uh, the Usos and Roman Reigns kind of holding their belts up at the end, but uh, this was the right call in terms of where they're going with this head of the table storyline, so I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, now, this bugs me, though that um, the Blues don't match on the tag team belts in Roman's universal title. Oh, the, he, the shades of blue. <laughs> they really have to fix that. It's a little darker with the tag team titles, right? Uh, maybe. I actually thought it was lighter and darker with the universal title. So we'll, well see. If well, we, if we have to choose what goes first in the suggestion box, let's get the Peacock shit fixed there first before we yeah. worry about the I think the colors, though, you know, a lot of people <laughs> agree with me. It's just very distracting. Uh, no, but look, this was a great match. I think it was really, really good. Um, what they did here. I don't know. I'm sure we'll get a rematch Friday night, you know, but I love what this is going to do for the Usos and Roman continuing that storyline. I think that's, what's really exciting about this. So we'll see. 
But this was a hot start uh, to the show. Having it on the pre-show was interesting, um, but it definitely, uh, the crowd, the crowd was so hot for this. It was very good. And then we went right from this opening the show with the women's money in the bank ladder match. Asuka versus Naomi versus Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross versus, or pardon me, Nikki A.S.H. versus Liv Morgan versus Lena Vega versus Natalia versus Tamina. Um, Alfred, what did you think of this match? I thought it was a good match. The crowd really helped this match. Uh, there were a couple of like hiccups throughout, uh, particularly with Liv Morgan, who was super over in this match. But I think one of the subplots and the stories of this match, Alexa Bliss is a superstar in this match in that anytime she'd even look up at the briefcase, these people would go wild. They cheered huge for her entrance. They booed loudly when she was buried under those ladders. This crowd was so hot for Alexa Bliss to win this match. And it really kind of started what I thought was the theme of the night where there is kind of a disconnect where you're seeing all these casual fans come back to wrestling. You know, say what you say. There's a lot of consternation on the internet about this Alexa Bliss character. I myself have criticized it. I just, you know, there are good parts to it. But there's a lot of bad to it. But these fans love Alexa Bliss, and she was super over. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the right call was made. I like that Nikki Ash won this. She kind of did a scary bump off that ladder that almost fell on her, but they were able to catch her. And I, I thought they went with the right character because Nikki Ash is really heating up right now. Yeah, I think the Nikki character is going to be great for live events uh, you know non you know non tv stuff and to continue what Alfred said yeah you know we we've been in the box of just the Th- thunderdome and you know oh do we like the magic or what are they doing with alexa bliss and you know get, getting heavy in the weeds on critique but these fans at least the fans of fort worth tonight they were all about it they were all about her, the, her, the music they were all the about magic yeah she i mean she stood on the on the middle rope she stood for every the, the entrances were like 10 minutes long all combined she yeah. stood there the entire time, keeping her balance uh, as she's straddling over the top rope, standing on the middle, and then could, proceeded to do it for the next 30 seconds into the match. I mean, like, she was just a presence, and, and the fans let it, let it be known. As a kid, I got some books on magic, and I was really, really interested in it, and then disappointed when I found out it was all illusion, and I wasn't actually learning the dark arts. <laughs> did you become a goth after that because i think that's the direction for that no i in fact i, t- I said i'm going to devote my life to positivity after this because uh you know apparently there's no pathway to uh channel uh actual uh you know uh spirits and whatnot but no um i think with what Alexa's doing i think it's it's over and i think that for me on raw i thought they ran into the ground around the time i stopped watching raw tonight it seemed like the audience responded to it um I feel like there's more mileage left in this. I think the Fiend coming back right now might actually be kind of fresh again and very well received compared to how they ran him into the ground. Yeah, yeah I mean, if the Fiend comes back, and what can he do with Alexa, like, feud-wise? You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to have a match. I mean, maybe they will, and they'll do a bunch of magic, which, I don't know, WWE shouldn't, like, really take too many liberties with uh, the success with Alexa Bliss and push its luck. But, uh, yeah, maybe they'll tie Alexa Bliss and the Fiend, but it's a very good sign that, I mean, Alexa Bliss was just super over, so they're probably going to continue to go in this direction, and maybe we'll see that doll, because she hasn't appeared with that doll since uh, it left mm. television weeks ago. Um, and I'm really surprised with Nikki. Now, I'd seen about this gimmick. I'd seen that a lot of the hardcore fans of people I follow on Twitter like the uh, the superhero gimmick. I was actually surprised that she won the briefcase. And I take this as a sign that they believe in this gimmick. I'm hoping that Eva Marie's not going to take her to, to judge JBL and try and uh, strip her of the briefcase on this. I really hope they are really behind her because I think she's such a talented performer. This is kind of an offbeat, uh, sort of a funky, fun, positive gimmick. It seems like the sort of thing they wouldn't get behind. And I like that it's over with the fans and that they're really giving her a push with this. Well, I think it is such a wild card kind of gimmick and it's gotten a general, you know, positive reaction so far on social and obviously live. I think it's one of the ones where it's like, okay, we can give her the briefcase. It's going to be a nice pop and a feel good moment when she wins it. But I don't think by any stretch that they have it absolutely 100% determined that oh yeah she's definitely going to successfully cash it in I think she's got it she's a fun placeholder and then you know it might be a couple months from now they might find themselves in a corner and they might go oh well we don't want how, how do we get out of this oh let's let's let Nikki cash in and you know I don't think it's necessarily you know fate that she's going to be the next big women's champion but I do think it she provides a nice fun option that she can run around that briefcase for a little bit and do all kinds of superhero-esque things with it have we had a I'm sorry no go ahead Glenn go ahead have we had a woman fail on her cash in yet? No, I don't think we've had a woman fail. We have. Carmella had that weird thing where she won it. I hear how, I don't want to nitpick, but they keep calling her a two-time Money in the Bank winner. That's not the case. Like she won the Money in the Bank match twice, but like it's not like she won it on two different occasions. It, it's because the match was restarted. There was a technicality, but whatever. 
but I don't think we've seen a woman fail. And I will say, I would be very nervous and I would temper my expectations if I'm Nikki Ash because there is not a kind history to these comedy characters winning Money in the Bank. We saw what happened with Otis, who's a comedy character. We saw what happened to Damien Sandow. A lot of what he did was comedy and was kind of a cartoon gimmick that he was playing with the chocolate briefcase. And they ended, like when it came time to win a world title, like, oh, we can't give it to him. So maybe, and this is kind of unfortunate, they don't see the women's title on the same level as a men's world title, so they mm. can get away with doing comedy with this. But I would be a little nervous in terms of being the superhero character with the Money in the Bank briefcase and how WWE treats her. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, to that point, King Rail $5, saying personally Nikki feels like Bailey 2.0 NXT days. Um, you know, I feel like it's been a while, though, since they've had someone that was just like so pure babyface and positive that way. Yeah. And I will say, uh, the live crowd reacted to her well in the match, especially when she did that big jump. She got the least reaction of anybody. In terms of the entrances, nobody did a thing when her music played. I, I didn't hear a big reaction for her. And I think she got kind of the lower end of the reactions for her entrance. But they did react kindly to her when she was actually in the match. Yeah. Um, what, what happened with Liv Morgan, right? This was the story yeah. they were telling. Yeah, it I expected like, Morgan to win. And these fans were really, I would say she got like a top three reaction. These fans were really into Liv Morgan. Uh, and I did expect her, if they weren't going to pull some swerve with Sonya Deville, I thought Liv Morgan was in the clear to win this thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the fanfare was definitely in the order of Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, and then I would say probably like uh, Nikki or Naomi right after that. Right. All the women looked great, though. All the entrances were good. Everyone looks like a superstar. It was a very good match. Uh, really enjoyed it. I thought this was a great way to start the main card tonight. It was. Yeah, in some ways, I enjoyed this more than the men's Money in the Bank match. Um, so after that, we had the Raw Tag Team title match. AJ Styles and almost defending against the Viking Raiders. Uh, the Viking Raiders coming out in pagan masks like they're on the way to sacrifice the Virgin County Swale. Um, <laughs> I forgot the Viking Raiders were still a thing. I think I asked about this the other night. I mean, good for them that they're getting these opportunities. Um, but they were showing those clips. I didn't know they're still doing the comedy skits and all they, the they, they hats. They really they haven't done it. In for, I don't know why they decided. Why did that they show that then I don't tonight? Know. I don't know why they thought that was, that was like in the low point of this. I don't know why. But no, that's not. They haven't been doing it recently. Yeah, I don't know why they pulled this up. And Viking Raiders didn't get like they were getting booed throughout the show because AJ Styles was so over. And I think part of that reason was because I don't know if they showed this to the main crowd or reminded them of that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know why they brought that up. That was during they, that pandemic era. And uh, they treated a lot of things tonight like a, like a true reset of like okay, yeah, they, like we might have some people that have not watched in years or ever because even later when um, as they were before the charlotte match or as charlotte was coming out they're showing pictures and clips of charlotte and all the time she's won in the last five and six years i mean they, they really Good were doing point. a hard they were doing a hard reset of, of education if you were a, a first-time viewer i wonder about that though i mean i think they should be doing that in raw and smackdown you know if anything uh because they're gonna start i mean you don't jump back into a pay-per-view i guess if you're already a peacock customer but i mean how many peacock customers are there that weren't already subscribed to the wwe network i can't imagine uh, it's that over. I think maybe, uh, you know, that and Paramount Plus are tied for last place in terms of uh, subscribers, the major streaming services. Uh, that being said, um, Justin, how do you think almost fared in this match? I, I thought he did great. I, yeah, this is definitely this was definitely his most um, uh, complex match he's had on TV and he's had a, only less than a handful. But this one was had the most spots for him to be part of. Uh, from what I saw and I was trying to watch really closely, he was hit, he hit all of his marks. You know, relatively speaking, uh, he, there was a couple sequences that timing was was key, and he seemed to be right there. Uh, I mean, he's still figuring out the facial. He's still figuring out who he is. He knows he's a big guy. I'm sure he's getting coached by a lot of people. He's still figuring out who Omas is. But certainly, this is a good sign. I thought the way he performed in front of this live crowd, um, it's a good sign for the investment and, and project that is you know, the, the next big monster for them being paired, of course, with AJ Styles. I mean, because, again, he's, he's, has, he's he was in front of a live crowd at WrestleMania, but they kept it really simple for him. There was a lot of things tonight that could have gone wrong, and if he would have screwed up, you know, you're dealing with the UF'd up, or you're dealing with just the fans getting unruly, but that didn't happen. So really good, yeah. uh, really good showing by him, I thought. 
Yeah, I, I would say the big moment came where he had to catch AJ Styles and throw him perfectly so that AJ Styles could hit that hurricane rod to the outside. That is a lot harder than it looked, and they pulled that off fantastically. And I just, I'm a huge fan of almost and his potential. And yeah, a lot of the things that he struggles with or whatnot, those are things that anybody knew was going to struggle with. And I just think over time, if you give him more time and you just ease him into this, he's going to be great. Uh, my fear is that whenever WWE gets excited about somebody like this, they just got all these people coaching him up and they've got a lot of great wrestling minds there, but I just don't want too many people to get in his head to where now he's trying to decide whose advice he needs to take and, and overthinking things. But I think he's done everything asked of him. And I thought that WrestleMania, even though they did keep it simple, was very good. And he's just shine every chance he's gotten, I think. That spot to the Hurricane Rana, Alfred, and then the other well, other one that really took notice to me was uh, towards the end, the Viking Raiders ended up hitting their, whatever the, 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 their tandem deal is called, their finish. And there was like a perfect spot where he where almost had to push one of the Viking yes. Raiders. And so it broke the, the, the fall. In the middle of the count. But it had to be, you, you can't do it too early, and obviously you definitely can't do it too late. And he, he was right there with it. So I don't know. I thought Perfect. that was really nice. No, no, good move on them retaining. I mean, I think the Viking Raiders just, yeah, no uh, no chance. Uh, yeah, the, the Viking think, experience is their finisher. Yes. Yeah. I, that, I, I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I think AJ and Omos with their titles up against RK Bro. I mean, I think oh. that's, your, that's the best thing you can do for SummerSlam in the tag division. Yeah, and they're still building to that pose. I mean, there has been some talk and chatter that, oh, Orton's going to come back and turn on Riddle, and I just hope that doesn't happen uh, because what they've been building toward is, you know, Randy Orton will not pose with uh, Riddle, and, uh, you know, he's slowly warming up to him, and if you build that to a crescendo, that RK bro – uh, on last AJ Styles match could be the hottest thing on that show. It could be a semi-main, to be honest. Like, just how much they've been building up these two teams, I think this is going to be a hot match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, uh, Leon's Duncan, $2, wanting to know, what do I think of RK Bro? And I've said before, uh, Matt Riddle is the stoner Steve Urkel of WWE. <laughs> and uh, I guess that makes uh, Randy Orton the Carl Winslow. And if this odd couple can get along... They can achieve magic. You're on fire with references tonight because that's actually okay. Steve, go home. Instead of Steve Merkel going home, though, it's Riddle of Orton has gone home. Like, it's reversed as to who's going home. Why is Orton the one who's leaving? I think if Carl Winslow could have moved, like, he would have. He would, like, just pack up the family under the cover of night, get everyone out of there, you know? Especially you, in the earlier seasons. Do you make that reference now, the fact that uh, Jaleel White is back out with his own line of cannabis and he's using the steve urkel persona to help push it yes the, and, the, and pur the purple urkel riddle goes around going bro got any weed you know like it's perfect you know i have a good authority that that purple urkel is is dank is great weed good authority. Uh, uh, good authority huh? a friend of mine told me that it's some real good stuff is he doing edibles or just uh smokables no i think he's got edibles too it's such a bad experience with an edible like three weeks ago, I was like, I'll try this. And I took one, I didn't feel anything. And then another one, I didn't feel anything. And then I took the third one. I was like, okay, oh. this is okay. And then three hours later, I was convinced I was going to die. Yeah. And I'm just like in bed and I'm like, okay, reading things. You're you're like freaking out, man. Just like listen to music, distractions. I'm listening to music. I'm like uncontrollably crying. Uh, and then sitting there like telling myself, and this is the weird part about it, how I knew like I was really affected by it, is that part of voice of my head was making fun of me for it's like, dude, you're such stereotypical lightweight. Like, you know, stop freaking out, man. Handle, maintain. Uh, yeah, edibles are no joke. I don't then, think I'll sh should do those ever again. And then you had the munchies and you went and ate some uh, magic spoon. Hey! Perfect experience. Actually, no, I said I'm never doing edibles again. And then like two nights later, it's like, maybe I'll try another one. And then miniature version of the same thing happened. So it's just, yeah. Very Yes, but uh, the Purple Oracle. Have to give that a try. Seller Justin Lopez, four ninety nine. No reason for him to turn on Riddle this soon. They should slow build this and have him turn on him before Mania. Set up a Mania match. That would be the trajectory. Yeah, you could get them to Survivor Series. You could get them to where are they going to coexist in a Rumble? I mean, the, the way they're going with this. I mean, how they've gotten so much out of this tag team, and for the last couple of weeks with Orton not even being there. I mean, that, that this this could go a long way. And just think of all the merch they could sell with all these live sold out fans coming back. The arcade bro merch is actually really cool. And, you yeah. know, it's very reminiscent of team hell no. And that you can sell some merch. You can have this team endear itself as baby faces. There's a lot you can do with these guys as allies. And at, the longer they're allies, the more hot their program will be when they split up. Antoine fair, $5. Uh, wow. Antoine doing the research as of April 21st, quarterly 33 million for premium version yeah. of Peacock. That's a good number. Question mark. It's not I, Netflix, I believe good. there's only like 11 million active users or whatnot. But even still, that 11 million versus the WWE Network 
on its its own platform right. only had like a million and five one point five million subscribers. So I mean, there's still far more people now that have access to these pay per views than than before. So yeah. Um. So after AJ and almost won this match, Kofi Kingston versus Bobby Lashley. Man, what a match. Uh, okay, Alfred, you first reactions on this. Yeah, this is the first singles WWE championship match between two black men, and I thought it was perfect. Uh, I thought this is exactly what needed to happen. I mean, leading up to this, I was kind of saying that, you know, what should happen based on the story that they're telling is Bobby Lashley should beat the hell out of Kofi Kingston. It should be an absolute squash, but WWE typically doesn't book like that. That's exactly how they book this match. Two-thirds into this match, the announcers are calling for it to be stopped. They're saying, you've proved your point. Like, he's delivering dominator after dominator. Uh, Kofi Kingston was so over with this crowd, and they were so hot for him. Loud Kofi chants, but Bobby Lashley was spoiler here because he just squashed Kofi, and based on the fact that he lost, based on the fact that he's getting Goldberg, they really need to heat this guy up uh, as a dominant force, and this is where I thought that it should go, and, and this is what happened. I love me some Kofi Kingston. But the fact that this was an absolute squash was the right call. It was. I agree. Uh, this was a great heel face dynamic. Kofi's so over. Uh, Bobby was Bobby with, of course, MVP aside, playing the heel role perfectly. Uh, but again, I, I wonder what it's going to say. I wonder. I wonder the feeling that that the WWE again, the office is going to have when Bobby Lashley was so over as a heel tonight. He played the perfect heel. And then if he's the one that's getting the cheers when they eye him up with Goldberg, mm. if people, if people are like, I wonder what this is going to say to them. I mean, I mean, you're they're already invested in Goldberg, you know, okay, we got to give him two matches a year. We already have this investment, whatever. But I'll just be curious how that plays. If that in fact is how it goes out. And you know, I'll be here tomorrow night after all. I do think that's how it's going to play out is that Goldberg is not going to be the more popular of the two. Hmm. I think that'd yeah. be good. Mike, $2 saying fans want Lashley to keep giving the dominator. Oh, man, I just think Kofi's so over. I, I like to see him just, I don't know, lose a, with a little more fight, you know? Yeah, this is a little sad to watch. As much as this is what should have happened, it was a little sad to watch because, like, halfway to this match, I realized, oh, so they are going with the squash, and these fans were really getting into Kofi Kingston and really waiting for that comeback, and it yeah. didn't come. So it was a lot like when you saw uh, Mufasa die in uh, a Lion King. <laughs> And Simba's trying to wake him up, and he's not coming back, buddy. Like, you're on your own from here on. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, but even when Daniel Bryan got, like, by uh, Brock Lesnar, like, DB got a, a couple good sequences in, you know? Oh. Yeah, and he, I don't think – I mean, that was actually a great uh, match. Um, but, yeah. you know, sometimes the, the way that these angles are being set up and just the fact, like – this could have been a competitive match if they told the story they were telling with Kofi Kingston like up and coming and saying that he's going to beat Bobby and whatnot, and Bobby's not that guy anymore. But the fact that Bobby lost and then like decided that he's going to be more focused, got rid of all the women, got rid of all the champagne, mm. like they're building toward. Even if you watch the pre-show, they were talking about like what oh, yeah. Kofi Kingston need to do. He needs to run. Like he's not like he's Bobby's mad now. So the fact that they told that story told me that they're probably headed to a squash. Yeah. Well, but that being said, I mean, Kofi Mania was such a big deal. Yeah. You got fans back. I don't know. I think, yeah, just a little something more. King Rail $5 saying, I don't know crap about booking, but you guys think Woods, Xavier Woods should have went heel on Kofi and cost him tonight. Makes for a great story. I'm not, I don't know why he would have done that, especially because, I mean, if you think about it, Woods is due for a WWE title match. And unfortunately, I think we're probably going to get that tomorrow. And Lashley's going to squash Woods the same way he squashed Kofi. Like, uh, but Woods is due if you look at W. And this is what they better do because the world champion lost a non-title match to Woods. So um, I don't know why he'd want to turn on Kofi if he's really going to be due a title match. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think the New Day's even talked about this. I think, you know, they've been together for a record amount of time in this day and age, an eternity, basically. I, I, they've been pitched many times. Do you guys want to break up this person? Yeah. And, I, and I think all of them have been pitched of who's the heel that defects. And I and obviously because that hasn't they've all said no. They don't they don't need even to the point of Big E's branch out as a single star, but he's still part of New Day. He's that's still you know, so I I think uh you know, I mean, yeah, you eventually could, but I think they've avoided that up to this point. You don't need to. And if you talk about good storytelling, the story is I beat the hell out of Kofi Kingston, I beat the hell out of Xavier Woods. Who's next to beat the hell out of? Well, Big E's the third yeah. member of that new day. He's gonna come and do right by his boys and beat Bobby Lashley probably. Yeah, I think that's the story. Now, with Goldberg, they can't do it for SummerSlam, but I think that on a fall pay-per-view, we don't, we'll get into this, but I could very well see Big E cashing in on Bobby Lashley if they keep 
the story simmering. Right. You know, and I think that'd be good. I think that should be great long-term storytelling and continuity. Um, it'd be fun to have everyone back together again because they've been apart for a while. And it's interesting when they spend time apart and then get back together. Um, we, after uh, Bobby won this match, we had the Raw Women's title match. Um, yeah, and like Kofi just failed to get any offense in. Like the ref stopped it. Like we're talking Hurtlock and yeah, just uh, not not a good showing for Kofi. But then went to Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Okay, so I have not been watching Raw since I stopped doing the Monday Night Podcast. Um, Justin, how, how do you think Rhea Ripley's main roster career is going? Well, I have been watching Raw every single week, and I still don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> this went from... That makes three of us. <laughs> this went from... This went from we have no idea who the babyface is tonight, and the crowd didn't know they didn't want to cheer either of them. To this is awesome, chance. Um, yeah. so I, I, I give a hell of a, a kudos to these girls, these ladies for, for doing what they did. Uh, this, this, this match turned into, turned into far, turned far more interesting than I was expecting it to, and, and, and to what the arena did. Um, yeah, Charlotte, another title. I mean, nothing, I can't say anything more. This just turned out to be a really, really good match. Uh, just, again, despite not knowing who's supposed to be the sympathetic figure here. Yeah, as Carlos uh, Barrera is saying, Charlotte's fantastic, but I don't like Rhea losing her booking so far has been disappointing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rhea looked good, but that being said, man, when Charlotte hit that bridge at the end to get the tap out, I mean, that's just something like only she can do, right? She's just such a gifted athlete. Um, I mean, she's so credible at any time to have her uh, go over but i don't know with ria like it's kind of hoping ria retained and we get ria versus becky when becky comes back but it just seems to me like i don't know it's charlotte's like such a comfort factor for wwe booking it's a little uninspired at this point i mean alfred what, what, what did you think of this match yeah i think this match transcended what i thought was a very confusing storyline in that they're going with the heel versus heel thing these two heels trying to outsmart each other having said that even though that is not a very good story to tell for a live crowd because it's going to confuse them they did right by that story in this match in that each woman was trying to use nefarious tactics you had charlotte getting caught with her foot on the ropes she cheated uh, and used kind of a cheap tactic to win and i just thought that this match is a great match on the strength of its wrestling because you're right they're chanting we want becky they really don't know who to fully cheer so you think that that's a death sentence for this match but at some point they're just having such a great match that it's undeniable and it's like oh my god like regardless of what story they're telling look at how great this match is and it was fantastic might have been the match of the night but i just thought this match was so great love the stuff with Rhea putting her uh, leg in between the steel steps attacking her knee that was good i mean this was just um intense it was a level of intensity we don't see often in women's wrestling and i think that uh yeah, I hope I hope they're not done with uh, one another. And in fact, if Becky is in the mix, a triple threat might be an interesting angle to take, especially if Becky doesn't want to get uh, go back to a complete full time um, schedule again. Um, but no, I agree. This was a fantastic match. I just feel like yeah, it's hard to get excited about Charlotte when she breaks the record, when she breaks her dad's record, then. That'll be by next month. She'll probably break that record. <laughs> At this rate, right? Um, Mark Baggett, thanks for the heads up. WWE just announced on Twitter that John Cena is going to be on Raw tomorrow night. Oh, that's good. They should they should do it outside of Twitter, too. I mean, they shouldn't limit these big announcements to social media because their fan base extends beyond that. So hopefully they pay for some TV ads for that. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll get some views, right? It'll get some people to tune in. Huge. Uh, so Charlotte Flair is the Raw Women's Champion. Uh like- I will say about Charlotte, of all the ways people like to compare her to Ric Flair, I think she's most like Ric Flair in that if you have a big match with Charlotte Flair, she's going to elevate to that moment, and it's going to be a great match. Like I've seen her in so many positions where either the storyline maybe not be on point or whatnot or whatever BS is played, whatever stories they're telling, she excels to the moment when it comes to these big matches, and it's another kind of main event style match that she had. Yeah. She's also remained durable, too. You know, yeah. I mean, to have the title reign she's had and to have the amount of main event spots she's had that, that people get pissed about, you have to stay healthy. And she's yeah. put her, you know, she stayed healthy with, with not taking any crazy amount, crazy amount of time off too much. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes uh, tomorrow night. I just, man, I want, I want the best for Rhea. I really uh, hope this isn't the end of them pushing her in one of the top women's spots. Uh, Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. So this is where the stream just like, crapped out for everybody tonight uh right around the time of the applebee's commercial uh rick boogs man talk about skyrocket to the top he's in the applebee's commercial 
with the other stars. Office mm -hmm. must be really high on him. Lindsay Dorado is in the Applebee's commercial, too. <laughs> Rocket. Rocket. Mask and all. Now, Baron Corbin shows up at the end. If this was in kayfabe continuity, he should have been asking for a job application. <laughs> he should have. That's a missed opportunity. Instead, he's like, no, I'll table for one. It's just like, you know, whatever. Come on, man. Ten bar. Get that vest back. Earn that money. Get yourself out yeah. of debt. Pay it down. Do it the Dave Ramsey way. Uh, but then we went to the money. And I missed the backstage stuff with Riddle and all of that because the buffer. I think we were doing Randy Orton's music from what I could hear. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, uh, but had, we have. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Riddle had Rick you know, playing. They were they were trying to play and sing Randy's theme song. Ah, got it. Um, as as that was, I watched that backstage segment, and all I could think, none of these guys is winning money in the bank. No way. So we had Riddle versus KO versus Shinsuke versus Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre versus Morrison, Biggie, and Seth Rollins. A lot of big spots in this match. Uh, Kevin Owens in particular. Um Justin, how do you think this ranked in terms of the men's money in the bank's ladder matches of recent years? I mean, it's right up there. You know, I they I I, I think this was right up there. I also think too that this was um you know pretty you know not it wasn't predictable. My my thought Big E or Riddle was the two that made the most sense. Yeah. But I mean, because we're coming out of the coming off of the last year and a half that we are, it really made this for like a a crapshoot because you're like, all right. Yo, you got a riddle, riddle or Big E, your, your faces that are just really look like they're ready to break through. But then I could also see them saying, oh, we're going to go on something old and reliable like a Seth Rollins. You know what I mean? Like so, uh, or, or Kevin Owens. So I, this, I, but the spots are great. I thought it was well done. And I thought, again, for a money, a men's money in the bank match, it's not headlining. You know, that's not the headlining thing that, you know, they're going to go obviously with the world title match after this. So I thought it was a really good match. Um, the one thing, my biggest complaint, I say this is that Drew, it gets attacked by Jinder and, and his guys, Shanky. And oh Peter. yeah, and I'm like, all right, well, we already just we just had Drew and Jinder for free on Raw, so now are we gonna make a big deal about building this to SummerSlam? That was kind of my big thing. But yeah, I think uh, mid card McIntyre is a thing. I, I think yeah, <laughs> uh, I think he'll be feuding with Jinder Mahal, and you've got all these big returns. You got Bobby Lashley as champion; he can't challenge him, and you've got Goldberg coming back. So I think he's going to be toying around. They really screwed up on beating McIntyre all those times, and I was very worried for him. And I think until further notice, we're getting mid card McIntyre, and hopefully he wins this feud over Jinder Mahal. Uh, but I mean, they just dragged him out. They did protect him from actually losing this match, so it does show that they have him as a priority. But yeah, that is very kind of concerning booking with Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, but it was down to Rollins, and then Big E stopped him. Big E getting the briefcase. I mean, what a fantastic moment. Excellent. Chance of E, it's historic uh, black man winning money in the bank, but the right guy winning money in the bank, and that they have been building slowly toward Biggie's rise. They had that great promo during the pandemic where Kofi just kind of put this battery in Biggie's back, like it's your time. And they've done a great job slowly having him win the intercontinental title, building him as uh, uh, upper echelon single star. And this is him breaking through that glass ceiling. I love this match. And I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out Ricochet, who I thought was the star yeah. of this match. As great of a moment as it was that Biggie won, and he was good in this match, Ricochet was i mean the way he got this crowd and it's like this is the guy they signed this is the guy who had all the buzz on the indies to come in here and get this crowd which was already hot but i mean the, this would have gotten over the way it did in any crowd and i like that he's full gear ricochet again he's not wearing those terrible jeans anymore uh and i i just loved ricochet in this match he was phenomenal yeah he, he was and uh, you know i did an interview with drew mcintyre a couple weeks ago and he'd even said as we were talking about money in the bank uh he made like a point to say like how he's like looking forward to his match and he he the one person he named, the one opponent in the match he named was Ricochet. And he said, like, I'm excited to see what Ricochet is going to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he had, like, a little bit of a, of, a, of a fan moment of, like, just knowing that the spots uh, and the potential. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled for Big E. I, I, I plead with Big E. I love Big E, but I plead with him. Stop doing the spear spot through the, to the opponent on the apron. He does it, and every time he does it, I just cringe and I scream or I worry that his boots get hang, hung up and he lands awkwardly. Tonight it looked like he got held up and he landed awkwardly on his shoulder. I just, please, you look like you're on the route to get a world title here in the next eight yeah. months. Stop doing that move. Stop it because you're going to stop it. 
Yeah, and of all the nice to do a move like that, and it went wrong. I was convinced he separated his shoulder. He went and grabbed for his shoulder, and he kind of ran, landed on the apron before, and it was an ugly bump that he took, and it's like, this is your night, man. You got to protect yourself. And listen, it, it, I'll put him in that Darby category where it's like, I'm a parent that's just done telling his kid like, <laughs> to stop jumping out of trees. Listen, one day you're going to jump off that roof in the house and break your leg, and we're going to go to the hospital, and that's how you're going to learn your lesson. Like, uh, Darby, Big E, Godspeed. You guys are both going to be big stars in this business. You don't have to do this, but that's the last time I'm saying it. Like, you guys are going to have to learn the hard way unfortunately and i hope wow. they don't yeah this is a good match great ending so excited to see what happens with biggie next yeah yeah, he was great. He was clearly emotionally, uh, you know, overtaken by this moment. This is a very organic moment. These fans were with it. I loved it. That was really good. I think they could use him on Raw. So I think him versus Bobby would be a good, yeah. good storyline. Um, so Seth Rollins backstage, fierce, mumbling, ranting after uh, being denied the money in the bank opportunity and just saying, hey, Edge stole his spot. So he's not waiting any longer. So really telegraphing what was going to happen. Then we went right into the universal title match, Edge versus Roman Reigns. Uh, man, knockdown, drag out, lengthy main event, some interference from the Usos, but that was really prevented largely by the Mysterios. Seth Rollins attacking Edge. Um, ref Charles Robinson was down for a while. They brought in a second ref. Seemed like Edge might have a chance. I mean, Alfred, was there even a moment you thought Edge might pull this off? I will say no, but these fans and even myself got sucked into this match and that how these two were performing. This was a phenomenal main event in terms of, yes, if you're looking at this from an outsider looking in, it's like, yeah, of course Roman's going to win this match. But they did such a great job uh, with both of these guys in, in terms of, you know, Edge even did the whole pipe spot. He had Roman in the submission. He got the visual pinfall. And uh, I just thought this was a great match. Um, I don't think it was hurt by the fact that it was so predictable. It's not like fans were sitting on their hands. They were split initially, and Roman Reigns is an all-time heel and just did such a great job. By the end of that match, these fans were so turned against him that he was laying on the mat. He was saying, I'm going to lay on this mat for 365 days. He calls him the champ. You can't wrestle. Like, this guy is such a great heel. Uh, in terms of what he does to incite these people. He's a cool, like, he's positioned to be a cool heel. If he wanted, he could be a, one of those heels who gets cheered because he's such a great character. He doesn't want that. And he yeah. and whenever he hears it, he does everything he can to turn these people against him. And he did it on Friday, and he did it mm -hmm. tonight, and I thought it was great. And I love that there was minimal amounts of outside interference. So by the time we got to the ref bump and the outside interference, it didn't play into the story and the seeds they've been planting of Seth Rollins and Edge. So I think we all fully expected Seth Rollins to come out there based on that promo alone after Money in the Bank and uh, screw Edge. I was surprised with the ref out when Roman was out and Edge uh, seemed like getting pinned. The crowd counted one, two, three, and Roman still kicked out at three. I wonder if he realized the ref wasn't back in the ring yet. Uh, that was like my only uh, nitpick on this. But Justin, what'd you think? What'd you think of all this? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was um, it, it was great. And they're in the opening minutes. They barely touch each other. They, they were doing such cat and mouse such stare down such jaw jacking and they had the fans at just a fever pitch and i thought it was just masterful work we you know um so that was really good the pace i mean it's it's it was such a slow methodical pace and then they really built into some you know some great false finishes and sequences you know again it, it seemed just absolutely obvious roman's retaining yeah we, we, seth and edge is where we're going for SummerSlam with a few there like i said earlier after not seeing a becky not seeing a fiend not seeing a whatever i'm like all right they got to have some big return you know seeing is right there in the back of my mind um so all that but all that said i still got wrapped up in it like alfred said i got wrapped up going all oh, this i mean th th they're making me interested in this um my biggest critique was actually the ref being bumped was such a a, a crucial point to then the shenanigans that happened after the fact to the point where the ref it's not like that ref got bumped and then he comes to and is the one that makes it three they end up having the you know the doctors come out and take him out you know, and bring another ref minutes later. Yeah. The ref bump was one of the lightest bumps I've ever seen Charles Robinson. Yeah. I don't know if it was just a miscommunication. That's just how it happened. Or if, you know, you know, Charles just, uh, whatever. But it was, it was a very, very, you know, he got tapped and, and, and the, you know, they had to yeah. sell it as some, sell it as something much greater. That's a very nitpicky thing. But that would be one thing that I said that I was looking at. I was like, eh, come on. But otherwise, this is a really good, really good match. Absolutely. Really good. And Roman ending uh, with the world is now going to acknowledge him. As the tribal chief, the Usos, both Usos backstage in the earlier promo segment, acknowledge him. Couldn't couldn't be happier with uh, following the Roman way. Um, I thought it was good though tonight. This was a really good match. But man, Rollins interfering, Rollins versus Edge. I think it's gonna be great at SummerSlam. We had that Cena surprise at the end. 
in the face. Roman at SummerSlam. Stellar Justin Lopez pointing out again. Uh, Cena announced he's kicking off Raw tomorrow. Oh. And uh, let's see. Um, sorry, there was another super chat. And Oh, uh, Antoine asking. This is a good question. Uh, Justin, do you first. Does Cena get us above a three rating on Raw tomorrow night? Uh, rating? Or, or are you talking about million viewers? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know because the, the, the whole number is, is what the average is total between the three hours. So if seen, is just going to be in that opening segment. We, we might see the best first hour number that we've yeah. seen in a long time for raw. Uh, but it's, it, I don't know. It's going to be dependent on if does he do anything more? What else follows up from the show? I'll say this. It'll probably be the best raw number we've gotten in a while with the fact that he's going to be part of this. Yeah, but I don't know if it's going to go over three. We'll see. Yeah, three is wishful thinking, but I think it's going to be just between Money in the Bank fallout. I think a lot of casual people are back watching wrestling now and such a hot Money in the Bank show. I think this Money in the Bank bounce is going to mean something in addition to John Cena being back, in addition to the rumors that Goldberg might be there. Uh, but I think this Raw number is going to do pretty well, but I wouldn't say it's going over $3 million. I'll say I'll say overall for the three hours combined with the average ends up being, I'll say, I'll say 2.7. Okay, I was going to say 2.4, 2.5, but that, that could be good. 2.7. Bid Moon 299 saying, Roman, the ratings chief, Alfred number one. <laughs> well, thank you for that. But, uh, yeah, he's I don't know about the ratings chief, but he definitely has uh, stabilized. You know, in the, between the Thunderdome and Roman Reigns coming back, those were two key points of, I think, SmackDown stabilizing viewership of 2 million. And he's been a great – he's just a great television character. I've said this before. He's – He's a phenomenal, just outside of pro wrestling, if you look at this character, he's such a smarmy, he's kind of a jerk. Like, the fact that the Usos won these titles and they go back and say, Roman, we did it, and they just, you know, accomplished the feat of tag team championship win number seven, and he's just like, yeah, that's pretty good. It's all right. Like, like, come on, man, give him credit. I mean, it's the tag team titles. The Viking Raiders were tag team champions. Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) But the Usos are goats, man. They're they're one of the great ever. I agree. Dude, Usos versus Street Profits can't happen fast enough for a good, yeah. lengthy feud. I mean, yeah. that should happen at SummerSlam, but I don't know if the Street Profits are both going to be cleared by then. Street this Profits, was they would have been fun in Applebee's. I would like to see them in the Applebee's commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been in Applebee's in like 20 years. Really? It's been a while for me, too. There was Applebee's in my hometown. I think that's I don't think. No, I've never been in an Applebee's in L.A., that's for sure. But there was one in my hometown. It was a big deal. And I go there in Chico, but. And the last, the last time we were there, we weren't even eating. I think we, we drank so much and got so many drinks that they started comping us. Yeah, they started comping us like every third round because we had like a $300 bar tab. Who drinks that much at Applebee's? <laughs> and I'm a drinker and I'm asking this question. <laughs> you know what it was? We were in one of those cities where like there was nothing else. Like it's like you after nine o'clock, you eat at Applebee's or there's nothing. You, you, know? couldn't, find, you couldn't find a local dive? Well, we wanted the option of food. Until we got there and we're like, I don't want any of this food. Go to a local dive and then order local pizza. It's true. I don't even think I had like a decent bar. You know? We should have, if we have a pro wrestling, if we have a Wrestling Inc. meetup, uh, WrestleMania, it should be at an Applebee's. I'll find one in Eaglewood and we call meetup WrestleMania 22, WrestleMania 38. We meet up at an Applebee's. We all get drunk. How about that? There you go, man. There you go. Uh, all, on, all on Raj's Super Chat tab. <laughs> Absolutely. God, tonight. Tonight, the Super Chats. Thank you, the fans, tonight. This is great. I think this is how I know there's a greater interest in wrestling. This is, I think, the biggest live number we've seen probably since Mania. It might actually even be a little yeah. bit higher than Mania. Yeah, it's around this. Yeah. And that, that, that bodes well for the rating in terms of the fan interest in this product right now. And I think, I mean, WWE has just done a phenomenal job over these past two live shows in uh, presenting a product that I think these fans are going to want to see and, and get invested in. Because, yes, they're going to have that honeymoon bump, but they're not taking that for granted. They're not saying, oh, these fans are happy. They're going to cheer for anything else. They're actually putting out a product right now that I think people want to see. They're putting people in position to kind of rise, and they're doing all the things that I think people were saying they should be doing throughout the pandemic that uh, they were kind of slacking on. Yeah. Let's see how long they can keep it going, man. I mean, for as yeah. frustrating as it's been to watch WWE programming for not not just since the pandemic. I mean, it's been frustrating for a while. It's yes. like, we want this to be good. I don't want to do a podcast where it's like, oh, I just show up and hate watch this every week. Believe me, there's a lot of stuff that I would much rather hate watch a podcast about. It would be far more entertaining. I mean, it's like we want we want 
to be entertained. We want to enjoy this. We want to have those moments. You know, there's that's when wrestling's at the best when it really makes you believe. Um, Antoine Fair five dollars saying, Justin, you're missing out the drink specials and different drinks they make at Applebee's, bro. You need to go at like twelve thirty. The oh. cougars are out. Oh, I'll, then I'll be there. Why don't you tell Justin that he's a married man? What about <laughs> Nobody likes cougars like Alfred likes cougars. And I got the manscaped and everything. Oh, I'll be there. I I'll, fl- I'll, I'll fly to Chico, California. I'll be Alfred's wingman. I'll be I'll be the uh, Chico the, Applebee's. I'll be yeah. <laughs> I'll be the married silver tongue devil on his side, and uh, you know we'll we'll, we'll 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 he'll bring some some purple Oracle and <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> it'll Always be a party. Especially now that like the restrictions are lifting, there's been a lot of people cooped up for a long time without contact. <laughs> Oh, Applebee's I can't wait. Yeah. Ant- Antoine's talking about Cougars at 12.30. Yeah, Antoine, I'm going to go to Applebee's at 12.30 p.m. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to 12.30 a.m. at Applebee's. 12.30 p.m., that's like the hookup time, you know, on a weekend, you know? Oh, my God. If I was a dog, like when I heard the word Cougars, my ears move. <laughs> I'll get the lunch uh, three for 30 where we can all just kind of sample some trays at 12.30. I'm not going back at 12.30 in the morning. We need an Applebee's sponsorship, man. I don't know how we can make this happen. I'm speaking it into existence. Let's start tweeting Applebee's for a sponsorship of the best wrestling podcast in all of the land so that we can just make these things happen. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, thanks, everyone, for tuning in tonight. This has been fun. Justin, great to see you again. Great to do this again. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been great. Uh, Alfred and I are going to be back on Tuesday with uh, Issa, NYC Demon Diva, and Friday covering NXT and SmackDown, respectively. You two gentlemen will be here on Wednesday covering AEW. Who's covering Raw tomorrow night? Sadly, me. Oh. <laughs> Actually, not sadly. Tomorrow, I, this, this tomorrow's the Monday. I've been. Yeah, I'm, good show. I'm looking forward yeah. to. It. I, I guess myself and uh, Raj and maybe Jack, Jack Farmer. Yeah. So hey, if you like the show, if you're checking it out for the first time, subscribe, smash that like button. Apparently, if you smash it, you know that's the key, right? You get that visceral thrill. Uh, no, hey, leave us a rating and review. Alfred's at This Is Nasty. He's at Justin Labar. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Give us follows on. I think the we Twitter. got another super chat that just popped through. Yes, I saw right. Antoine right, Fair. Five dollars. I'm in Tampa. They move <laughs> different here. We have after hours till 10 a.m. Well worth it. There you go. <laughs> cool, everybody. Well, on that note, uh, Alfred, there's still time. Applebee's still might be open. Oh yeah, that's where I'm going right now. We got to get there before last call. Cool. On that note, everybody, have a great night. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care.